Sunday before Christmas, I think it is. Um, so it's exciting. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a song. Uh, hopefully it's familiar too. We've done it a couple times, but it's called All Is Well. It's one of my absolute favorite Christmas songs. such a great reminder as everything goes on that it is all as well because Christ was born not because of anything that happens here or anything we can do um, all is well because our Savior was born
Thank you for your singing. Give and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For measure which your, you measure will be turned, be measured out to you. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed the joy of a mother when she sees her baby smile? The baby smile is a gift of mother who is grateful to see her baby so happy. What a wonderful mystery this is. Our greatest fulfillment lies in giving ourselves to others. Although it often seems that people give only to receive, beyond our desires to appreciate, rewarded, and acknowledged, there lies a simple and pure desire to give. Our humanity comes from its fullest bloom in giving. We become beautiful people when we give whatever we can give, a smile, a handshake, an embrace, a word of love, a present, a part of our life, all of our life. It is said, it is sad to see that in our highly competitive and greedy world, we have lost touch with joy and giving. We often live as if our happiness depends on having. But I don't know anyone who is really happy because of what he or she has. True joy, happiness, and inner peace come from the giving of ourselves, uh, ourselves to others. A happy life is a life for others. Is there true joy of giving in the way I handle Christmas shopping and give, gift giving? What do I need to do to... Advent season to make my Christmas giving a source of joy for myself and others. Thank you. Thanks, Brooke and Andrew. Well, good morning, everyone. Okay, we'll take it, whatever. Still, it's still too cold, I guess. Ah, yes, cold. We love it. Uh, it wasn't so bad, though, with the sun shining and, and the wind not too bad. Uh, we don't mind a little cold now and then. But uh, it's great to see everyone out here this morning. Lauren especially, it's good to have you in here as well this morning. 
And uh, yeah, it's just great to see you all. And uh, it's great that we have a place to come to. And that has, uh, has some heat for us and, and some lights and sound and, and just a great place to gather and, and, and to worship the Lord. Uh, this morning, I'll read the call to worship. It is from Psalm 47, verses 5 and 6. And it says, God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. And we will do that. And we did that already this morning, thanks to our music team. And we will continue to do that. If you just bow with me, please, for a word of prayer. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can gather here this morning. We thank you that you have provided us with a place to do that and the freedom to continue to do that as well, Lord. So we just pray for this service this morning. I pray that it will touch each and every one of us and that... Uh, that we can absorb your word and, and, and use, it to, uh, use it to our daily lives, Lord. And, and uh, yeah, so we just thank you for these blessings. And I just pray that you will uh, bless this service this morning and the rest of our week going forward. In your name we pray. Amen. Glenn, is there a children's feature? Or? There is. Yes, if there's something in the stump, there'll be a children's feature. So. Last week we had this chocolate chip granola bar. Did anybody, who put that in there? The person put it in there, are they here? Nobody? Chocolate chip granola bar. Lauren, you can have it. Okay, so kids, today we have lip balm, simple pleasures, lip balm, with a picture of a snowman on it. Okay, kids, you got to help me out here. What do you use lip balm for? Children, what do you use lip balm for? <laughs> to put in the pastor's thumb the pastor thing, right? That's what you use it for. <laughs> Shout it out, kids, what, are you, what do you use it for? Dry lips? Right, exactly. Your lips are dry and cracked, and uh, and you uh, just put some of this stuff on. It kind of makes them makes them feel softer and not hurt so much, and uh, yeah, just makes it better. So that's what lip balm is for, and especially in winter time when it gets pretty dry, the humidity is usually down in the winter time. Yeah, your skin tends to dry out; it gets cracked, and you need some stuff to to help fight against that, to make them moist and, and whatever. So, um, so when your lips are dry and cracked, you need something like that. Um, 
I can't think of the Bible anywhere talking about lips being dry and cracked. But it does talk about lips being unclean. It does talk about, so we're going to go with that angle today. Lips, unclean lips. What do you think that means when the Bible talks about uh, that we have unclean lips? And it, the verse says, I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people who have unclean lips. That's what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6. What did he mean by that, do you think? Anybody know? Man, we're a dead crowd today. I hope the sermon's good or else we're all going to be falling asleep. Anybody know what that means? <laughs> okay, adults, help out these kids. They're all spaced out here this morning. What does Isaiah mean when he said, I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips? Okay, you adults are just as bad. <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> Speaking sin? Right. The way they talk is sinful. And, uh, and the things they say and the things that we do or that we, that we uh, yeah, just it's sinful. It talks about us being sinful. And the things we say, whether it's the actual words or bad words or the, the things we say are bad things to say and are hurtful things and are sinful things, that's how we are. And uh, do you know what happened there in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah said, woe is me, he saw God, he saw a vision of God in the temple, he said, woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips, I live among a people of unclean lips. Then an angel came, anybody know that story? Angel came and what did the angel do? The angel came and he had a set of tongs and he took a coal off the altar, a live coal off the altar and he came and he, in the, and this is all happening in Isaiah's vision, he came and he touched that coal to Isaiah's lips and said, you are cleansed. And that cleansing from that coal on the altar took away the sin of his unclean lips. So that's a picture for us of how Jesus can cleanse us from our sin. And it's interesting, he took the coal from the altar. What happened on the altar? That's where they made the sacrifices. That's where the priests would sacrifice an animal for the sins of the people. So because of the sacrifice made, the sin could be covered. And so that's a picture because of the sacrifice Jesus made. Our sins can be cleansed. We can be cleansed. And when we take from what Jesus did, his sacrifice, and apply it to us. So think about lip balm. You put that on our lips to keep it from crack. What do we need to put on our lips to cleanse us from our unclean lips, from our unclean words and all that? Only Jesus can do that. And Jesus can. As we put our faith in him and ask him to forgive us, and to cleanse us from our sin, he will do that. Like he'll take that altar from his sacrifice, the cross, touch it to us, and we are cleansed. So that's a little interesting thing from lip balm. Think about lip balm, you can maybe think about unclean lips. Who put this in the stump this morning? Nobody put this in here either. All this stuff gets in that stump all by itself. Wow. <laughs> Lord, you need it? <laughs> Uh, well, if somebody wanted it here, you can feel free to take it. Okay, let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you for each of these kids, helping us all, Lord, to learn the lessons that uh, you have for us from your word and from the different things around us, and help us, Lord, whenever we use lip balm, to think about unclean lips and what you do to cleanse them. Help us all to learn that lesson, be with each kid here, help them to grow up to be strong men and women of God. We ask in your name. Amen.
today is from Luke. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place with Canarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed them in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them, told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they, just as they had been told. this morning. I never preached with somebody sitting behind me before. <laughs> Don't know what kind of heckling is going to happen back there. <laughs> you hear about the, read, the, read these stories from the Old West, these uh, gunmen, they never, whenever they went into a building someplace, they would always sit someplace where they could face the door. They never sat with their back to the door because who might shoot them in the back? <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, as we look into the implications coming out of this passage uh, this morning, I ask that you would help us to, just to get a glimpse of what you want to say to us today. Help us, Lord, to understand what that might be and how it may apply to us. And uh, help me, Lord, to speak as, as you would want it spoken. We pray this in your name. Amen. Apparently, way back before I can remember, uh, 
maybe some of you old people can remember, so June or Larry <laughs> can tell me later on if you remember this or not. But, but apparently there was a particular brand of soap. The slogan for this soap, I don't even, don't even remember the brand, but the, or the, the brand wasn't listed in the story I read. Uh, but the slogan was, it floats. And here's the story behind it. When this particular soap was ready to be put on market, the advertising manager of that company asked his people for a phrase or a sentence that would describe the soap in a way that would differentiate it from any other soap that was on the market. One of the clerks in the manager's office submitted the following. The alkaline elements and vegetable fats in this product are blended in such a way as to secure the highest quality of saponification alone with a specific gravity that keeps it on top of the water, relieving the bather of the trouble and annoyance of fishing around for it in the bottom of the tub during his ablutions. <laughs> the advertising manager blue penciled the whole thing and substituted just two words. It floats. <laughs> story is told of a Chicago newspaper that wanted a picture of a certain woman. And so they went in search of any kind of photograph of this woman that might exist. And the editor sent out his best personnel to find a picture, um, and they looked all over. They offered money to the servants of the woman in question. They uh, employed a telephone repairman to search the house while he was working on the telephone for a photograph. They con contacted all the photographers in, the, in a wide area wondering if anybody had a photograph of this, of this lady. And at last, in desperation, they sent out a cub reporter who had practically no experience. But wouldn't you know it, he returned in short order with a picture, a photograph of this lady. The editor asked this young reporter to reveal how he had done it so quickly. And in front of the whole room of assembled reporters, how did you manage to do this so quick? And the young man replied, well, I went to the house and rang the doorbell, and when the lady came to the door, I asked her for a picture, and she gave me one, and that's all there was to it. <laughs> Very simple. Making it simple. Keeping it simple. Moving from a scenario of complication and just making it simple. This is going to be a different Christmas than any of us have ever experienced before. The COVID guidelines that our government has put in place are going to severely limit us in celebrating Christmas the way that we have traditionally celebrated it. And I know we all kind of resent that, but that is what is going to be our reality this year. And in many ways, it'll force us to have a much simpler Christmas. And maybe that's a good thing. You have heard me say many times before that the way we in our society have come to celebrate Christmas has become so busy and so complicated, it takes away from what Christmas is really all about. So maybe this Christmas of 2020, which I'm sure will become known in the future as the COVID Christmas, uh, maybe it'll be a blessing in disguise. Because it will be simpler. And thus, maybe allow us to keep our focus where it belongs. We're taking a break from our series through the Genesis for the Christmas season so that we can focus on the birth of Jesus. And for this morning, as I thought about the th these things, my mind was drawn to a sermon I preached quite a few years ago. Uh, 11, actually. I looked it up. It was preached at last in 2009. 
about this very thing. Keeping our Christmas preparations and celebrations simple. Strange as it may seem, simplicity is something that will help us all keep our focus on Jesus and in fact draw us to Jesus. So I redid this sermon this past week and here it is this morning. It would be wise for us as Christians to see the value in keeping our Christmas celebration simple. And looking at the reasons for this simplicity that are implied in the teachings of the Bible will help us to see this value. So there's two things I want to see that I see implied in the teaching of Scripture, in particular coming out of this passage in Luke 2, where, which Laura Lee read. Two, two reasons that are implied here. Number one, simplicity keeps the focus where it belongs. Simplicity keeps the focus where it belongs. I'd like you to think back to how we usually celebrate Christmas in normal times. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the traditional celebrations your family has had over the years, but I do know how we traditionally do Christmas, do Christmas or have done it. And from observing all of us over the years, I, I don't think it's much different for anybody else. It's kind of why our society does it. I'd like, a, like to paint a picture of a traditional Christmas season and celebration the way that we have traditionally done it in the past. And I think it's quite accurate. It goes something like this. Kind of like a country song. It goes something like this. <laughs> the first thing that gets thought of is, of course, the shopping. <coughs> Excuse me. You put together a list of all the people that you need to get gifts for. Your spouse, your kids, your parents, your siblings. Maybe you pick names among your siblings. If that's the case, then you have to make sure you get together uh, no later than Thanksgiving to pick names. Uh, so you're ready for that. Um, and then on top of that, kids maybe have to get presents for their parents. Maybe they also get gifts for cousins. Perhaps you need to pick names for them, get together sometime with them earlier to pick names. And then uh, there's probably a few close friends that you'd like to get a gift for, and, and so it goes. And then there's the gift of change, of course, at the Christmas party that you have at work. So you have to get something for that. And maybe you'd feel like you'd like to get something for your kid's teacher and for their coach or their dance instructor or maybe the piano teacher or so on, and it goes on and on. So that's the shopping part of it. And you need to start probably in November to make sure it all gets done. And hopefully you've budgeted close to $2,000 because that's what it's going to be. <laughs> and then there's the decorating. Get the outside lights put up. Make sure they're working. Buy new ones if they aren't. And start decorating inside. <coughs> but you should really wash all the walls before you put any decorating up. Uh, so you wash all the walls before you do. And then you get all the decorations up. So you figure about a week for that. Working off on and off to get that done. And then don't forget all the cards that you have to print and send out. I mean, this might be going back. I've noticed the last few years. Cards is really going out of style. Nobody sends out cards anymore. That's a great thing as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but traditionally, that in the past, that's how it is. You have all these, write a little note to all those 50 people that we need to send cards to. Get them posted before the middle of December. And while all this is going on, there are numerous Christmas parties happening that you're a part of. Your work party, the school concert, 
well, actually two school concerts in Lashburn. We've always had two of them. <laughs> Your block party, the fireman's party, the church concert, Christmas concert, Christmas program. They all have to fit all of those in. And it would be okay if all you had to do was show up. But you're probably involved in several of these. And so you have to prepare for them and get ready for them. And for, I know for the church concert, traditionally in the past, there have been practices for three weeks prior to the concert itself. And you have to figure out the program, figure out all the costumes, get them all ready if you're involved as one of the parents or one of the uh, teachers. And your mind is racing a thousand miles and a thousand different directions all at once, trying to keep all these balls in the air over the Christmas season. And while all this is going on, there's the baking and the cooking that has to be done. And all the sweets that get made only at Christmas, and the kids are all begging for them. So in between times, you're frantically getting the baking done, which usually means realizing you are missing a few ingredients, so you have to go to town and get that somewhere in there. And then when you're totally wasted and done in from all the preparations, you're ready to crack at the next person who suggests that you do something, <laughs> or invites you to something, Christmas Day arrives. And you get up early, and you open the presents, and you prepare a big meal, and you have the family arrive, and you eat the big meal, and you do what you do, and you clean up the huge mess that's there, and fall into bed that night, late, late that night, singing, it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? <laughs> and then you realize that even though it's all supposed to be about celebrating the birth of Jesus, you haven't even thought about Jesus and the significance of his birth even once in the last month. At least not in any meaningful way. Is that accurate? <laughs> Have I painted an accurate picture of traditional Christmas celebrations in the past in our society? I feel I have. <laughs> there are some minor variations from family to family, obviously, but what I just described I think is typical. You see what I'm getting at? The more complicated things are, the more activities we do in an attempt to make it special, the more balls we try to keep in the air at the same time, the more we lose focus until we can't even concentrate on what it's about. And all of these things are good things. But is it too much? Is it getting in the way of what it is all about? Look at that story again in Luke chapter 2, which Lorley read for us. What strikes you most about that story? Let's take a moment to go over it again. I'm going to read it again, very slowly. I want you to think, what strikes you most about this story? Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. 
In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in their fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, and the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry, and found their way to Mary, and Joseph, and the baby, as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. What strikes you the most out of that story? What was the focus? What is the focus on? The focus is on the birth of Jesus. That's what it's all about. You can't miss it as you read that story. That's what it's about. It's about the birth of Jesus. And the reason that it's so obvious is because it's so simple. The striking thing is the simplicity in the story. Friends, simplicity is a profound thing because it is in the area of simplicity that the focus can remain where it belongs. On the birth of Jesus. I think the greatest thing we can do in our preparation for Christmas is to look at how we can simplify. And this year we're almost forced to. But, but think about it. What can we do to keep it simple so we can keep our focus where it belongs? On the birth of Jesus. What are some things that don't need, we don't need to do? What are some activities we don't need to attend? What are some decorations that don't need to be put up? What are some baking that doesn't need to be done? Or gifts or cards? How can we simplify so we can keep our focus? Simplicity is profound because when you keep it simple, you keep the focus where it belongs. And then secondly, simplicity keeps us out of the way so God can work. Simplicity keeps us out of the way so God can work. The big pitfall in letting things get overcomplicated is that in our efforts to make everything special and perfect and enjoyable, we end up getting in the way of God and stopping Him from doing, stopping him from doing something special. Now, we don't do that intentionally by any means. We have the best of motives. We're trying to make things better. To make things more special, more enjoyable, more celebratory. But our, in our efforts to do this, through our work, the result is that we often actually get in the way of God and we can't, and He can't do the work that He perhaps wanted to do. 
We're trying so hard to make things happen that we don't let God make things happen. Again, look at that story in Luke 2 that we just read a couple times. As you read that story and look at that, question for you, who did what in that story? Who did what? Who pulled this event off? It's a story about the tremendous work of God, simple yet profound. And because of the simplicity, the work of God was very obvious. It's a tremendous work of God. God pulled it off. It was clearly the work of God. It's not of any human effort. Mary was just a simple, ordinary teenage girl from a middle, low-class family. Same as Joseph. There's no way they could have done this. They were just obedient to God. They were just available to be used. That's all. They didn't really do anything outside of that. <laughs> they didn't plan anything. They didn't organize anything. They didn't decorate anything. They didn't bake anything. God did it all. God brought them to Bethlehem. God stuck them in the barn. God caused the delivery to happen without any complication. God did it all. The work of God is so clear and so obvious in this, in this story. The shepherds, they're of even lower class than Mary and Joseph. What did they do? Nothing. God did it. He sent the angels to announce the birth to these shepherds. All the shepherds did was go and check it out. And when they saw that it was true, that God had done something awesome, they hooted and hollered, hollered and ran all around and told everybody what had happened. All they did was respond to what God did. There is no way you can in any sense get the impression from this story that anyone did anything except God. God, in this simplicity, did his greatest work. There was no one there trying to help God out and in the process prevent God from doing anything. See what I'm trying to say? Simplicity keeps us out of the way and lets God, let, lets God work. The more we try to add things to do this or that, to make it special, the more we complicate things. And the more we complicate things, the more we lose our focus. And then when that happens, the more we get, a, get in the way of God and actually prevent him from working. Simplicity is a special gift because it keeps us out of the way and lets God work. Maybe that's a special gift from God that we should open up right now before Christmas and use it. I'm going to tell you a story that I heard over 15 years ago to illustrate this. We were at our free church, uh, Saskatchewan Region Ministerial uh, get together um, in the beginning of December that year. That's uh, We still do that. All the free churches of Saskatchewan get together in Saskatoon once every three months, quarterly, just to be together and pray for each other and share with each other and support each other and that kind of thing. Anyway, that was about 15 years ago we were at this meeting in, it was the beginning of December, <clears throat> and we were focusing on Christmas during this meeting. 
And uh, we were all asked to share one special Christmas memory from our past. A young youth pastor was there. <clears throat> and he told this story that was from his childhood. But this story is, has stuck with me ever since. It was a story from when he was a child. His dad was going to seminary and they had no income because he was a student. His dad was a student. His mom was taking care of the family and uh, they were getting on through that, his years of seminary on very meager means. Very meager means. There wasn't any money for anything extra. And so when Christmas rolled around, the parents told their kids that there weren't going to be a lot of Christmas presents that year because there just wasn't any money. So uh, they were said the maximum they could spend on each of their children, and I forget how many children there were, but there was a $20 maximum on each, for each child for a gift. And so the kids were told to remember that. That's what it was going to be like that year. $20 maximum gift. So when they uh, made up their Christmas list and went through the Sears catalog to pick out what they wanted, just remember that. $20 max. So he went through the catalog and he was trying to find something that in the price range, and, but his eyes kept going to this toy that he just was, thought would be awesome. It was a big toy aircraft carrier ship that he really wanted. And it was quite a bit more than $20. But he circled it many times. <laughs> circled it. <laughs> And he knew it, it, you know, it wasn't going to happen because it was way more than $20, but he, boy, he sure wanted that gift. And every time he opened the catalog to kind of look for stuff, that's all he could see was that aircraft carrier. And he would circle it again. And uh, so Christmas morning came, and there under the tree were all the gifts, of course, and they had been under the tree for a while, but the one he had was a pretty big gift. And so when he finally opened it, and there it was. He got the aircraft carrier. He got it. And he was so happy and so excited. He hooted and hollered. And then as he started thinking, okay, if it's limited to 20 bucks, how do I, what happened here? How did I get this? And he was to learn that his mother had really needed and wanted a new dress for Christmas. And her husband was going to get it for her. Because she really needed a dress. <laughs> and she wanted this. She wanted this one for Christmas. But his mom got no dress that year. She had sacrificed a dress to get him the aircraft carrier. It was a very simple Christmas for that family that year. It had to be. They had no money. But this boy was just struck with the sacrifice of his mother and what his mother did for him. And he said never was a toy more appreciated and more played with than that aircraft carrier. That boy got a glimpse through the sacrifice of his mother of the love of God and the sacrifice of Jesus in action. He got to see it. God did something very special in his heart that year.
and it was in the arena of simplicity that it could happen. And I remember thinking as we drove home from that meeting afterward that something like that could probably never happen in our circles the way our family celebrates Christmas. We can spend a fair bit more on gifts. We can add a lot of things. We have the wherewithal to do that. We have the means to do a lot of, lot of things in the effort to make it more special. And in doing so, make things pretty complicated. But the result is that this kind of thing could never happen. Who's going to have a more special Christmas memory in the years to come? Who is going to look back on their childhood Christmas with a memory, a vivid memory of God at work? Someone like that youth pastor, where things were simple? Or my kids, or most of our kids, who usually get pretty much whatever's on their list and have way too much already? Who in the years down the road will cherish a more special Christmas memory? Who got to see and experience God doing something special in their hearts? Friends, simplicity keeps us out of the way so God can work. And that's why simplicity is such a profound thing. In many ways, keeping it simple is a good thing to do. Because if we don't, we run into a very good chance of getting in the way of God doing something great and awesome and special. So therefore we see from the implications of this Christmas story in Luke 2 the reasons it's good to keep it simple. They are, number one, simplicity keeps, us, keeps the focus where it belongs. We can focus on the birth of Christ. If we make it more complicated, we're focused on the other things and not the birth of Christ. And number two, simplicity keeps us out of the way so God can work. Can it be possible for this Christmas that COVID is a blessing in disguise? Because we're being forced to keep it simple? And I know we all resent it. Family can't come home. We can't see this person. Can't, be, can't go to that person. All these things we can't do. Could it be a blessing in disguise? Maybe, just maybe, because of that, we'll be able to see God do something great and profound that couldn't happen otherwise. I think we've already seen it, haven't we? How many of you were at the drive-in live nativity last Sunday night? It was. That was a Christmas concert that was way out of the box for us as a church. We had never done anything like that before. This year we couldn't. We couldn't do it because of the COVID restrictions. We couldn't do it. We had to think way out of the box. What can we do? What can we, we just, and it was something that came together and it was probably, there was no practices involved except for the one earlier that afternoon. Keeping it simple. And I have to, a caveat there. I don't know how simple it was for Mark and Sig. <laughs> Probably was a little more complicated for them. But, but thrown together kind of at the last minute, so to speak. Well, not really, but you know, because we couldn't do this. We couldn't have the practices. We couldn't get together. We couldn't, all these things we couldn't do forced us to do something that was, maybe except for Mark and Sig, for the rest of us, extremely simple. And it was probably one of the best ones we've ever had. 
in my opinion. I had many of you say, ask me afterward, we need to do this every year, every Christmas. It's the best one we've ever had. I know all the stuff that we usually do at Christmas time to celebrate has become very much associated in our minds with Christmas, and it will be hard to leave these things out. All the stuff has a way of getting a very tight grip on us, and it's hard to tear it away. I, I feel it. I know it. When I was going through the list, what can we not do? And I look at that, I'm not sure if there's anything there I don't want to do. Because <laughs> it has a way of getting a grip on it. But keeping it simple will in all likely us give, likelihood give us a better Christmas. Maybe there are events this year that won't happen. And maybe that's a good thing. What else can we do without? Maybe there are some sweets and some dishes that don't have to be made. I know we're going to make them anyway, but <laughs> think about it. Maybe there are the, would it be better if they aren't made? Like it's not like we need them. <laughs> Maybe our decorating scheme can be scaled back to something simpler. I, I don't know. I'm throwing stuff out there. But I guess each of us has to figure this out for ourselves. Simplicity is a profound thing because it keeps the focus where it belongs and it keeps us out of the way so God can work. May God guide each of us as we seek wisdom from him in applying this truth. Let's take our time of silence. Amen. Music team. Let's stand and sing together. <clears throat>
Thank you for your singing. Thank you, music team. Praise and prayer time. Anybody have anything that you would like to uh, just share publicly? Something you're excited that God has done or is going to do or what you're praising God for this morning? Or maybe you have a prayer request that's on your heart that you would like your church family to remember and support you in prayer. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, no matter what, we are forced to bow before you and say you are a great and mighty God. No matter what happens around us, no matter how bad things may be or seem to be, when we all back up and look at the big picture and look at all you've done, we have to say you are a great and mighty God. And Lord, this morning we just want to bow before you and worship you because you are our God. There is no God besides you. You are the great and the mighty one. You are the one who created it all. You are the one who, when we rebelled against you and walked away from you, you were the one who loved us anyway and sent your son to be born to accomplish our salvation. You are a great and mighty God. We thank you and we praise you and we worship you this morning. And in keeping with what you've told us as we come to you and become your children, you have told us to share our requests with you and our desires and our burdens and that's what we're doing here this morning. Lord, these things you mentioned, these are the things that are kind of on our hearts as a church family. And we just pray that you would meet each one of those needs. And pray for Jamie, Lord, as he seeks to be a good father for his boys. And especially for Sterling, Lord, as he seems to be quite, quite a rambunctious young little, little boy. And uh, Lord, give him wisdom to know how to be a father. And, and him and Jessica know how to be good parents. Uh, and to lead him through this. And Lord, you've given him uh, his own personality as we all have and help him, Lord, to parent in such a way that uh, a personality will not be stifled, but that he would learn responsible behavior as he grows and as they teach and guide. So Lord, just give them wisdom and God. Be with Sterling, Lord, just pray that you would, with it all, give him, Lord, a calm spirit and give him an open heart to you. And as he grows in his understanding, he would come to give his heart and life to you. I want to pray for Ruth's friend, Leslie. Lord, thank you that uh, you have put Ruth in Leslie's life. And she shared with Ruth that she feels like a lost sheep. Lord, how I pray that uh, you would continue to speak to her and continue to call out to her. We looked in adult class the other week about your sheep, know your voice. And Lord, may she hear your voice calling her. And may Ruth be there to be able to, or whoever you would choose, to, to guide her to the shepherd. And Lord, I pray that you'd give Ruth wisdom to know how to talk with her and how to, how to uh, love her and, and guide her. And that she would be open to that and she would come to, come to the shepherd, come to you, into your fold. And I just pray, Lord, that you would do that work in her. Pray for Penny's dad, 70th birthday coming up this week. Thank you, Lord, for the years you've given him. It's going to be a tough birthday without his wife this year. But, Lord, uh, just have your hand on him. Give him a good day in spite of that. And, uh, Lord, I pray for uh, 
her mom's friend Christine, as she is undergoing cancer treatments, and and Lord, as they've decided not to do surgery, just the radiation, and then a round of chemo. I really pray that that may be effective. We ask for that. If you touch her body and bring healing, may she know that it's you working, and you draw her to yourself through this as well. Lord, for this Miller student that was in this serious snowboarding accident out in BC. Lord, how I pray that you would be close to him. Uh, he's in the ICU with multiple injuries. Of greatest concern is a brain injury. And Lord, how I pray that uh, he would just touch his body with your healing hand. I pray there would be no permanent brain damage. And I pray that you would raise him back to health and strength. Lord, be with the doctors. Give them your guidance as they treat. And be with uh, the family. May you hold them close during this time. I want to thank you for Larry's mom. She celebrates 97 years tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, for the many long years you've given her. Praise you for her. Praise you for the example that she's been over the years to many and the mother that she's been to her children. And I just pray you'd give her a great day tomorrow. And uh, help her, Lord, as she ages, Lord. You know all the problems that go with that. And especially now when she has to be fairly... Or can't get out much. And then with her eyesight, and Lord, I just pray you'd be close to her and remind her of your presence with her. And she would just know that you are holding her and carrying her. And also, Lord, for uh, for Rob's dad, Ken, Lord, uh, he's having a birthday tomorrow too. And thank you for the 95 years you've given him. I pray you grant him a good day tomorrow. Uh, be close to him and help him to, uh, Lord, Lord, stay close to you and uh, go before him, we pray. For Karen Peisinger, Lord, as she undergoes radiation for her breast cancer, I pray that you would touch her body with healing, pray that this treatment would be effective and you'd raise her back to health and strength. Also, Lord, I want to praise you that uh, you answered prayer in regards to uh, Nancy's daughter, Crystal, and uh, severely handicapped as she is and having to go through this, getting teeth pulled and getting fitted for dentures and, and all that cools with it and the struggles. And Lord, I pray that you would just uh, help her to heal completely and fully. Be with Howard and Nancy, Lord, as they uh, uh, look after those kids and look after things there at that place. Just continue to bless them and guide them. And Lord, I want to thank you so much that Lauren is able to be in church this morning with us. It's been a long time since we've been able to do that. And we thank you for that. And I just pray that you would continue to uh, bless him in his life and give them both guidance and direction as to what the future holds. Lord, we thank you for this Christmas season. And Lord, as we go into the weeks ahead of preparing for Christmas, and, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to remember what you told us. And I'm not sure what you told everyone here specifically for themselves, but, uh, Lord, that whatever it was, that you'd help us all to walk in obedience to what you told us. We ask these things all in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremy. tithes and offerings portion of the service uh, are, are, are not so not so normal portion of the service anymore but uh, there was a recent announcement came out on email that we are now able to uh, to e-transfer I think so that's uh, that's some pretty awesome news maybe uh, make things a little easier for uh, for some of us but uh, the paper stuff is still always always welcome as well uh, the, the the box there I believe is still by the by the exit door there so 
anyways, if we just you would, uh, if you would bow with me, and we'll uh, we'll ask for the blessing on the on the offering. Heavenly Father, we just uh, we just thank you that we can uh, live in a country where we are are truly blessed. And Lord, we just uh, we just want to ask that you will bless these offerings that uh, that will be given to you, Lord. And uh, we just thank you that we can have different different opportunities to to do that, Lord. And so we just uh, just pray for these. Uh, the small portions that uh, that we were able to give back to you to uh, to further your ministry and and to, and to service your church in Lashburn here, Lord. So we just pray it in your name, Amen. Uh, the announcement time. Uh, coming up this week, Tuesday, ladies Bible study uh, here at the church. I assume that's still a go. Seven o'clock. Uh, Wednesday at 7.30 here at the church will be this month's prayer meeting. So I encourage all of you or those those who are able to, to attend to come out for that. Uh, uh, it's a truly uh, uh, a great time just to just to share and, and to reflect and, and, to, and to pray with each other. So I would encourage you to come out to that. Uh, this Friday looks like we'll be, uh, we'll be youth again. Chris, I don't know if that's probably the last one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so we just encourage a, a good turnout for the last one for this year. So uh, here at the church, 7.30. Uh, next Sunday, of course, uh, next, next worship service. Uh, Christmas Eve service. So Pastor Glenn, I believe, sent out an email asking for a notification from, uh, just to try to get a number on on uh, who would be able to come to a Christmas Eve service. And if if the number, numbers fit, then we'll go ahead with... Uh, with a service of some kind. I don't think we've nailed down exactly what it will be, but hoping to do something. Uh, so if you could just let Pastor Glenn know as soon as possible, uh, if you think your family will be coming and we can get a gauge on the numbers and, and plan accordingly. Uh, again, we're still looking for possible volunteers to, to work with Cam in the back in case he's not able to make it. Uh, looking for janitors for December. So if you're able to uh, to look after one of the weeks this month, what's left, please sign up. Uh, do note that there's a financial update in here. Thanks, June, for that. And, uh, yeah, so it's just always nice to, to visually see the numbers once in a while and just see where we're at and uh, to see how the Lord is, is working in the church here. So is there anything else that I missed? Oh, no, nothing else? Okay. No. <laughs> Gloria's got something she wants to say. Okay, so that's a reminder for the food hampers. Those items will need to be here by next Sunday. Okay, anything else? That's it? No? Okay, Pastor Glenn, thanks. Okay, kids, trivia question time. Hope you were listening to the sermon. Here it goes. When Jesus was born, who did what? Oh, I got you, kids. <laughs> when Jesus was born, who did what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Tristan, do you know? Sorry? Shepherds traveled? Yeah. Yeah, they did that, but that's not the answer I'm looking for. I made a big thing about who did what when Jesus was born. Jericho. God? God took care of it all. You got it. God did everything. The only one that really did anything was God. <laughs> did something profound. So, right. So, Jericho, come see me afterward, and I got something for you. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, I just want to thank you that we can be together this morning in church, that we can hear from you. Help us, Lord, to take this message. Lord, however it applies to each one of us, I don't know how it will, but however it does, I just pray that you would help us to make sure we do things in a way that we stay out of the way so you can do what you want to do, and that we can do it in a way that our focus stays on you and our focus doesn't get shifted to any, anywhere else. So dismiss us now with your blessing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.